This year's donations might go to, say, the geology department. Oh dear, not the dirt people. Geology is the study of pressure and time. That's all it takes, really. What kind of activity is turning the lead massive? Look, I'm just a geologist. I like rocks. I love rocks. All right, hello everybody, and welcome to the Geology Final Cast. My name is Steve. Hello everyone. I am Chris. Uh, yes. Hello, I'm Jesse. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I. You, you just you rang you well i feel like you just jumped into that I, there was no warning that we were starting i, was, I said i'm ready here we go <laughs> you're you didn't inquire if the rest of us were ready sorry i did uh, just jump right in we move so, on. hello everyone <laughs> welcome i was waiting for my wayne's world countdown <laughs> ah yes that's what we usually do, folks, for the behind-the-scenes people, you know. Since we've done that every episode since last week. <laughs> yeah. He's, so, he's is, right. I mean. Is this episode 70? It it's is. episode 70, yes. Crazy. Who would have thought 69 episodes we'd still be doing this? What's, what's 70? The Platinum Jubilee? Um, it, I don't know. I don't know if there's uh, any significance for that one. <laughs> There's a there's a seventy five I would imagine right but I don't know about seventy seventy five is the diamond diamond yeah platinum jubilee wow I'm impressed you pulled that out of your tuchus <laughs> yeah. that's awesome that, that that is a very impressive feat right there <laughs> that's what I bring that's those fun facts yeah <laughs> speaking of fun facts hmm. uh, let's thank our sponsor the formatting formula. So formattingformula.com or YouTube forward slash C forward slash formatting formula. And um, surprisingly, this week, I actually did not contact the formatting formula. Um, <laughs> is everything okay? Is, is there a communication breakdown? Well, I mean, honestly, I feel like the last like four or five episodes in a row, I talked about how I actually contacted the formatting formula. And I was beginning to realize like, wow, I really do contact them a lot because they're awesome. They just answer my questions right away. They, they fix my blunders instantly and make everything right in the world. So uh, they, I can't say enough about them. And, and on, maybe, maybe what it is is I'm watching enough of their YouTube videos that I'm learning myself. It's like teach a man to fish kind of moment. Sure. So um, anyway, please, please, please check them out. And more, more than that, tell them the Geology Flannel Cast sent you. They can fix all of your Microsoft Word formatting needs anything from fixing your table of contents to embedding figures to customizing your toolbars at the top uh anything I, i've even customized mine a little bit to add a back button so if you like control click to go somewhere in your table of contents you, you hit this little button it brings you right back it's fantastic bat button at first <laughs> yes <laughs> i hit that button and then the, the formatting formula comes straight to my house <laughs> a hell of a service right there <laughs> yeah that's the uh the diamond jubilee uh <laughs> package that they have available but also you get a slight discount on that if you tell them the geology flannel casting so that's not true uh but anyway, please check them out. YouTube forward slash C forward slash formatting formula or formatting formula.com. Well, all right. So uh, welcome once again, everyone. If this is your first time tuning into the Geology Flannel Cast, 
Hey, what's up? We're here. We uh, we talk about geology once a week, and uh, today we are covering our listener questions episode. I want to say, is this the sixth time or the uh, the sixth listener questions episode? You could say any number, and I would agree. Oh, there we go. Uh, uh, we listener did question one, one. Listener question two. Well, the last one we did was right when we first came back. Yeah. Yes. We did a live yeah. in like May or something. Yeah. yeah, so I think listener question four was in like 2015, and then, yeah. So yeah, we so did one in May, was yes. five, so this would be six. Six, sir. all right. So what Look we do us. is... Counting to six. Everyone, this is like <laughs> the, actually the fastest uh, that we've ever done a listener question episode, like since, you know, what's it, the turnaround, I guess. This next, the last one was like several, was it? Uh, June, July, August, several, six months ago. Well, so, yes, considering between four and five was like five years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> we'll get to your question. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's geologically speaking, it's nothing. Okay. So five years, uh, you know. Um, yeah. So we got a. Uh, so uh, if uh, if you'd like, if you have any list, if you have a question, if a burning geological question you'd like to have us answer on the podcast send it over. Uh, we'll talk more about that. You just go to our website, geologyfinalcast.com. We'll give you the instructions at the, uh, towards the end of, on how to do that. But it's, if you just go to the website, you can figure it out pretty easily. So yeah, so we got this list of listener questions. And uh, so let's, uh, should we just uh, jump right into it? Sure. All right. I mean, um, that's what we're doing, right? That's that's it. That's that's what we got for today. So, um, all right, I'm in. Sold. All right. <clears throat> um, all right. So the first one. Which one do you guys want to do first? You want to do the Mary Anning one first? Yeah. Why not? All right. So, first question was kind of just someone someone shooting an email. This is from um, uh, Sam Samuli. Uh, we didn't doesn't say where that person's from, but um. Anyways, he said, uh, this is a good topic for you. Have you ever talked about her? And this is in regards to Mary Anning. So actually, thank you for sending this along. I Now, Jesse's heard of, heard of this lady. I actually did not, I was, I was not aware of this lady until, um, until I started, uh, until I clicked on the link and started reading about uh, Mary Anning. So she's kind of in the media right now. There is a movie, uh, I think it, just came out uh very recently i think either ammonite ammonite yeah it's if it's not out it's imminently coming out okay so uh kate winslet plays uh mary um mary anning and so uh if you guys want to you know I'll, I'll give the kind of the brief rundown if you guys want to feel free to jump in whenever you want with this but yeah. um mary anning was basically a badass paleontologist back in back in her day. She was uh, she was doing her thing in um, kind of like the earlier 1800s, um, and she discovered she was a uh, she, she was in England and she she kind of had a rough life, and uh, her father died when she was young. And what her family did was they would collect fossils. And they'd sell these fossils, and that's kind of how they how they made their living. But she found some really really neat stuff, um, and she contributed to the first uh, the first described ichnosaurus. Is that hyper or was that it? Right? Yeah, yeah, sure. ichnosaur. Sorry, 
Um, so it's a uh, ichthyosaurus. Ichthyosaurus. And that's a now that's a marine ma, a marine reptile, correct? Yes. Okay. It's a yeah. I don't even know if reptile. Well, yeah, I would say yes. It's yeah, it's a yeah. marine. Yeah, yeah. Thing. yeah. Yeah, it's a, very, it's a very good explanation right there. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry that I got too technical. So, uh, so her brother discovered the skull of this thing, and she later discovered the body. So they basically, I don't know, it, it, it seems from reading it that they found if it wasn't a full body fossil, it was really, really close to discovering a full body fossil. So if you're a paleontologist and for you find a full body fossil for one of these these big animals, like, I always tell people just like drop the mic. That's it. Like that's, you're not going to find walk away, retire at that moment. You're not going to find anything better than a full, like that's, you don't, it's so rare to find a full body fossil. Um, so she was in Dorset, England. Uh, it's in Southwest England. Yeah. And they would just, she would just kind of scurry along the cliffs there. Uh, and so it was, yeah, the area exactly was Lyme Regis, which is sort of a famous, fossil site obviously mm -hmm. but you have these alternating it's just these huge cliffs it's the south of england so you have these cliffs and it's alternating um what is it like shale and 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 siltstone limestones in limestone there. yeah so it's it's <clears throat> argillaceous sort of material so like clay um but you have these alternating layers and and so it's just the marine sort of the ocean sea level going up and down creating mm -hmm. these these layers and the layers actually correspond with Milankovitch cycles nice. what these transgressive regressive cycles yeah, you got it so um they are do you know the age i would assume mesozoic because you're getting uh, the I, I, you know yeah, in this brief article it says 200 million years but yeah, so that'd be Mesozoic. Um, yeah, Jurassic, I guess. So actually, wow. Uh, she, so like we said, uh, if you find a full body fossil that's like huge, she also found was involved with finding the first two nearly complete plesiosaur skeletons. So this, wow, that's <laughs> yeah, good for her. Good for her. <laughs> so plesiosaurs are, uh, there are other marine reptiles. They had like the really long skinny neck and they look pretty goofy looking. They had these like four, four paddles or, um, you know, they kind of just swam around. They also swim. Thank you. Hence the <laughs> marine <laughs> reptile. Uh, oh, I was also reading, uh, she found, yeah, she discovered, uh, so uh, in belemnite fossil, so if, if you've never heard of a, a belemnite fossil, uh, belemnite is a type of a uh, type of mollusk, and when they get fossilized, they they look like little bullets actually. Mm -hmm. And she found uh, that they had little ink sacs in them, just like modern cephalopods, like squids, octopi. So she also, this lady was just all over the place in terms of just being like a OG geology rock star, paleontology rock star. Um, so like I said, unfortunately though, she lived a really, really, really tough life, um, pretty much in poverty her whole life and just, just tried to make a living just selling fossils. Yeah. And, and when she uh, found that full, almost full bodied fossil, she was 12. Good for okay. her. 
That's like amazing. That, <laughs> but that that was that was her job though. Her job was just to dig up fossils by hand and sell them. Like by hand, which is yeah, not, there's, not easy. So what they the other thing that they would do is when the best time of year to go fossil hunting was in the winter time. So I guess the the winter storms would yeah. erode away the cliffs and the cliffs would just just crumble. You know, you'd have these like these land, this mass wasting the land, the cliffs falling apart, and what it would do is it would expose the the new fossils. But it was really dangerous because it was, I mean, that rock it's, it's falling apart. It's pretty sketchy, and she almost got killed. Actually, she luckily she she didn't get killed by the the cliffs, essentially just crumbling. But it took out her dog, and that's a really oh. sad story. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, I guess a boulder fell from the cliff and just missed her but it, it, she had a little uh a little cocker spaniel or something um she loved ah so sad story um, she uh i mean she became really well known for being able to to find these fossils and for her work you know like you were saying the ink sack thing she did you mention she um she dissected modern cuttlefish to understand how modern <clears throat> these modern sort of squid-like things looked on the inside to think about how the fossils she found related. Oh, wow. yeah. Um, cool, cool. She, That's insane. Yeah, she would correspond with um, Charles Lyell. Uh, Another, like, giant in, uh, in geology. Yeah. Yeah. She, um, yeah, she, she was, she was well-known. She had, there was a, uh, a few other people who would like sort of famous people, Louis Agassiz, who's the famous sort of glacial geologist, Swiss glacial geologist would actually go visit her to have him have her show around the cliffs. Um, and the, the Ammonite movie is, is, um, is based on the relationship with her and um, Charlotte Merchinson, who's who in her own right was a, was a respected geologist and Charlotte Merchinson was married to <clears throat> Roderick Merchinson. And so if you know, the Merchinson crater on the moon um, is named after him. He was also a famous geologist. No kid. I, the name sounded familiar, but ah, how yeah, about that? So there's, there's all these sort of connections, especially you get back because she lived, you know, the early eight, 1800s. I feel like that's, that's when they were all palling around she, um, Adam Sedgwick uh, was an early geologist who would visit her and was one of her early customers. Adam Sedgwick taught geology at Cambridge and one of his students, Charles Darwin. So, <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel like we should do a whole episode on famous female geologists. Yeah, we, yeah, we should, we should, we should loop back around and do one on her. Yeah, there's, there's a bunch here. Yeah, yeah. So there's, um, here's, here's something that you guys may not have realized. The, uh, the tongue twister. She sells. She, I see. I can't even say it. <laughs> yeah. This she is what I, sells seashells by down the, by seashore. the seashore. That was supposedly written about, about mm -hmm. her as well. I'd call BS on that one. But uh, well, I take that with a grain of salt, but uh, she, may or may not. she sells ammonites down by the seashore. It just, <laughs> that, you know, it doesn't, yeah. doesn't work. Anning, 
is aware of Ammonites along <laughs> the, the abutment. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah, very, very cool. I yeah, I'm interested in that movie. I'm gonna check it out as soon as it hits one of my yeah, streaming I, services. She's she's definitely one of those characters who I knew I knew about and I, I kind of want to go back and, and dig a little more into her life because it looks like a really fascinating. Yeah, because I think she only lived to like the age 48 or 49. Yeah, 47. Yeah. yeah. Bummer. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, real. Rock this, and roll, what can I yeah. say? She lived. Mary Anning, true rock star back in yeah. the day. Boy. OG. Uh <clears throat> Cool. Yeah. Right. So, all right. Cool. So, thanks for uh, thanks to uh, uh, Samueli for uh, for sending us that. Yeah, we're, we'll come back to her because I feel like there's a lot more to her story. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's the next question. Let's see. Let's, uh, let's do this one. Sarah from uh, King George, Virginia. She uh, she sent us a link to this website. She goes, "What do you guys think causes this? It's weird." So, of course, we love weird things here at the Geology Flannelcast. It's <laughs> kind of what we live for. Um, so, <laughs> of course, I saw that and I was like, all right, I got I to check this out. So, she sent a link to this website on uh, popular mechanics. And the, the title of the website is Earth Keeps Pulsating Every 26 Seconds. No one knows why. All right. So, let's... Let's okay. uh, let's dive into this. Let's always see. like when they do that when they throw that out there. No mm-hmm. one knows why. It's, they, they, you know, I know, don't know. This this title is a little clickbaity, all right, because they they give some explanations on why it happens, and if you read through it, so ah, uh, thank you, clickbait. So uh, let's see. There's uh, the Earth is pulsing every 26 seconds, and scientists can't explain it after 60 years. Uh, so back in the 1960s, a geologist by the name of Jack Oliver first documented this this uh, this pulse, and he called it a microseism. And uh, so Oliver was at uh, Lamont Doherty at uh, Columbia University, and they could uh, they could detect the noise, but essentially, I guess they didn't have the equipment that modern seismologists have in their arsenal to really dive into this and, and figure out what's causing the earth to pulse every 26 seconds. Well, uh, it turns out that they kind of pinpointed where this pulse is coming from. And it's, uh, it's coming from a part of the Gulf of Guinea called the bite of Bonnie. All right. Huh. And uh, so there's two, the article says that there's two possible there. They're, they're saying that there's two causes for this uh, pulse every 26 seconds. So the first cause is, or the, I guess not the cause, the first hypothesis, right? Is that it's coming from waves slamming or beating into the continental shelf. Right? Always is. Oh. There we go. Right. So the con in case, uh, you're not familiar with the continental shelf is the continental shelf is part of the, 
part of the continent that's submerged. It's very, it's uh, usually less than about 200 meters depth of water. It's uh, it's pretty, it's relatively shallow. We're not talking about like something that's tens of thousands of, of feet uh, deep, like the abyssal plain, um, a couple hundred feet deep. And uh, so the first hypothesis, so this extends out coming off the continents. It's basically just the flooded, the flooded out part of the continents. And the first hypothesis is that waves are uh, slamming into this, and that's what the what the pulse is. Um, the second hypothesis that this website explains or kind of talks about is that it's just kind of from volcanism, a nearby volcano. There's a volcano right there, and they say it's just it could be from the volcano. So um, this apparently has been documented. Uh, at, in a, uh, a volcano in Japan, they had a, a, a similar pulse coming from this. Uh, so, I guess the the question is, what do what do we think is is causing this? So the you first thing, the first thing that uh, I was uh, that that kind of came to my mind was the Taos hum. This kind of is, is similar to the Taos hum. So, my um, favorite, it's my favorite of all the yes. Jesse's favorite hum. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Jesse, can you explain to the listeners what the Taos hum is? Well, it depends on whether or not you believe in the Taos hum. And I, I sort of feel like the Taos hum is like, you can't talk about the Taos hum. Yeah. But the Taos well, hum. Wait, so we're going to talk about it because this is the podcast where we will cover the topics that no one else <laughs> dares to cover. I was just going to say, I was sitting by the old uh, backyard campfire the other day with Sasquatch and we were talking yeah. about the Taos hum. <laughs> so, Taos. Rubbing, rubbing my healing crystals. <laughs> Taos, Taos is in New Mexico. It's, it's like north of Albuquerque. And people have been reporting since at least, I don't know, for the past 40 years probably, <clears throat> that they hear this really low sort of low frequency hum. I don't know how else to describe it. Hence the Taos hum. What's that? Hence the Taos hum. That's yeah. where the- <laughs> they- They did a survey <clears throat> um, of residents a couple of years ago and, and 2% of the population said they could hear it. So, <laughs> So not everyone can hear. No. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, I was, it's like a super low frequency sound. Yeah. I guess that's where the hum thing comes in from, right? Yeah. So it's, so that's part of it. Like, you know, ev everyone's hearing is different, obviously. And, <clears throat> but some, some people, the range at which they can hear, and it's sort of like the idea where like kids can hear a different frequency range than adults. Yeah. Like higher, I've they can hear higher pitches and, have you ever heard they use that as a deterrent to yeah, just young kids like, out? Uh, convenience stores. And yeah, 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 yeah. So as, as you get older, you can, uh, was it, I guess it's the high-pitched noise. You, you start yeah, it's to, a higher frequency, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it's like, it, it's, it doesn't, it's just your age. As, uh, as you age, you just I've, can't hear I've the high. I've oh, heard the kids have used it in reverse, too, where they'll, they'll have, there's apps that can make these noises that they'll play in class that they can hear, but the teacher can't. <laughs> so they're torturing themselves while they're in I class? Guess, just to get them a good <laughs> chuckle. Yeah. You know, uh, I, it's always, you know, they like to be in on a secret, I guess. So. 
you can actually go to websites and they'll play, you know, you, you type in your age and <laughs> it'll play frequencies and, you know, and, and yeah, you can't hear That's I mean, think about like when you do hearing tests, that's part of it. Like you're getting a certain frequency because they can tell yep. how your hearing is, if you can hear those frequencies or not. Yeah, I have a fun little quick story about hearing tests. I went to get my, you know, uh, I have my OSHA 40 hour certification. So once a year you have to get medical monitoring. So part of that is hearing tests. So I'm in the booth this year and I'm sitting in there and usually uh, it, it starts kind of quiet and then gets quieter and quieter and quieter and, and higher frequency and higher frequency and higher frequency. And I'm in there and it's getting louder and louder. And, and I'm, hit, <laughs> I'm in that little soundproof booth hitting this button and like, it's screaming in my ear and I'm like flinching, hitting this button. And the nurse comes in. She's like, what, can you not hear that? I was like, I can't, I'm hitting the button. She's like, oh, I forgot to plug the little thing in. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was feedback. No, she forgot to plug my buzzer in. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, normally you hit the buzzer uh, and, then, I see, okay. and then it goes quieter and quieter and quieter and they get to uh, the point where you can't hear it anymore. <laughs> and she's like, oh my God, this guy's deaf. Well, so now they've just been bombarding my left ear with all this super loud noises. And they're like, okay, we're gonna have to restart it. And I'm like, now I can't hear anything out of my left ear because it was so loud. It was like trying to take a hearing test after coming out of a concert. And so. that's how Steve got his hearing aid. No, well, it's funny. At the at the end of my exam, they screwed up my eye exam too. But at the end of my exam, the the doctor's like, oh, "I'll I'll sign off on this, but you should really get this checked up. Like you can't hear or see." Oh, like, <laughs> you go to like Doctor Nick from The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, everybody. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, <clears throat> fun times, fun times. So, <clears throat> one of the explanations for the Tau hum is that it's. Ocean currents basically resonating against the the Gulf of California, where you have the Baja Peninsula and you have uh, Mexico proper, and so it creates this big um, U shape. And so the, the the currents hitting off that create this essential ringing that, for whatever reason, goes through the lithosphere and I don't know pops up in uh, in, in Taos. Taos is. 1200 miles away from the Gulf of California. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it's like a giant tuning fork. And yeah. Taos yeah. is the but end like, of the tuning I, fork. I, I need to see like the structural geology to see if it made sense. If like all of the, the geology is just really flat and for whatever reason it folds up right there, 1200 miles. Yeah, no, it, it oh. fall, it's a tiny little pinpoint area that it comes up. Right yeah. It just falls. So, it's not even that it's like following a certain like strata or something like that. It's just, nope, going right to Taos. Yeah. Meanwhile, there's a government facility buried underground. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like you were saying, they, they've, um, they, they've have seismometers and they've, they've sort of known about this. They have seismometers on the bottom of the ocean and they've always noticed this sort of um, basically hum or frequency within the earth with all of these seafloor seismometers. And um, they, they only very recent, they've sort of known about it since the 50s, but only recently have really looked at all of the data and sort of put it together and, and figured out that the earth sort of has a natural vibration to it. Mm. And so the earth itself vibrates um, between 
I've got the numbers here. I pulled them up for you. Look at this. Uh, between 2.9 and 4.5 millihertz. So it's a frequency that's 10,000 times lower than basically what we can hear, considering our threshold starts at 20 hertz. Yes. So 4.5 millihertz is, is, is less. <clears throat> Whether or not that has anything to do with, um, do with uh, the tau sum or, or this, it's sort of interesting. It might just, like you were saying, these areas where things, you sort of just focus, focus it a bit. Yeah. That might be, might be driving it, but. That's interesting. I, I never heard that, uh, that, that study about uh, the, I guess the natural, like the natural frequency of the earth. Everything yeah. though has like a natural, like a natural frequency, natural vibrational frequency to it though. Yeah. And if you, I mean, you figure, you know, the, the, there it's called these, it's called free oscillation. And so it's some, I, some, it, it's not, super well understood because it's tough to study the whole earth. Uh, there's some thought that it's a side effect of just the constant currents of the ocean uh, <clears throat> pushing back and forth. Um, some other thought that it's atmospheric wind motion, but ah, wind moves. Yeah, so variable. Yeah, It's not regular yeah, at all. Really low density and it moves pretty slowly relative to you know, the power relative to waves is. But yeah, but the irregularity of it too. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. I, I think it's just, uh, yeah. The, so an energy. Yeah. I guess there's probably canceling and I wonder if it's just the Gulf of California is a place where you're getting sort of like constructive interference or something like that into the lithosphere. Hmm. Constructive so to, interference. That was my nickname in high school. <laughs> Destructive. <laughs> so I guess to to take it back to um, to the area with the uh, the original question with this. Yeah, uh, what were we talking about? The Towson. <laughs> no, no. This uh, this frequency that happens yeah, every twenty six seconds. Yeah, the Gulf of Gulf of Guinea was it? Uh, yes, uh, somewhere off Guinea. Yeah, uh, I have all these tabs open. I'm trying to find the the tab um, now. Um, so it's every 26 seconds. So, uh, in terms of waves, uh, so what we call in, in, uh, what you call the, the amount of time it takes for, uh, each wave to hit, it's called, uh, the period. All right. So wave period. So basically how, how, how many seconds does, how many seconds in between each wave? So I don't know if it's different around there, but on the, and then also if we're, See, that's where I'm, I'm kind of just I'm kind of just thinking out loud with this, but the 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 wave period on the east coast of the United States is like eight, basically like ten ish seconds. Every ten seconds, you have a it's I think it's like eight to ten seconds off the top of my head. You have a you have a wave coming in. So this is potentially three times, or nearly three times more than than what we have on the. Now it might be different. I, I don't know, but. Um, so that's just kind of what I'm thinking about right now in terms of waves and how, um, you know, how that could be related. But maybe it has something to do with like uh, deep water swells and they could be uh, distance out further apart. You could um, actually have a longer period with the deep water swells. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> it's interesting. Uh, Maddie, our one patron, just sent us a little X, uh, XKCD comic that talks about this. It's kind of funny. Good chuckle. 
But I, it brought up a point that I, I wasn't even thinking about because um, it shows a map. <clears throat> huh. it, so it, it's, it, it's in the Gulf of Guinea. Yeah. Okay. Not, not actually Guinea. So the Gulf, Guinea, yeah. Guinea, the country is separate, is not on the Gulf of Guinea. It's Guinea, the country is north of the Gulf of Guinea. The Gulf, the Gulf of Guinea is in the, is in the part of Africa. So, so I, it, it, it's almost like the Gulf of California where you're coming into this sort of semi-rounded part of the continent. Mm -hmm. I, wonder, I wonder. So we need to find the Taos equivalent of, or did they find the Taos equivalent? I, let's look, to, we'll just draw a circle 1,200 miles away and it's somewhere on that circle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll just have to, this is, this is part of the Flannelcast World Tour. We'll, we'll go in and visit, visit everywhere along that radius. And see <laughs> until, we, until we find something interesting. I'm in. Just, you, just walking along to learn all the local languages and to ask, <clears throat> do you guys hear anything? <laughs> <laughs> we'll make it one night before like, yeah. the authorities lock us up. <laughs> <laughs> we just need two percent of you to say yes. <laughs> yeah, that's <all> right. <laughs> that's it. Oh man! So the Gulf of uh, the Gulf of Guinea is on on Africa's west coast, kind of in that. I guess the, what Jesse was trying to explain, kind of that um, the west uh, coast uh, sticky outy. Yeah, where it the, the, the part that goes in yeah. Um, yeah. directly opposite of the Horn. The horn on the east coast it's like directly opposite that right way. off uh let's see we have uh like nigeria there uh cameroon yeah i guess i could have used more <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah ghana okay yeah. liberia like that's togo togo yeah yeah so anywho <laughs> so we never we'll, sent your geographers here at the <laughs> geology flannel cast so if, the, if we have any listeners in in the, in the region any listeners in Ghana or Togo or Spain or Nigeria or Cameroon? I'm just going to name them all. I want to yeah. cover the <laughs> Equatorial Guinea or yeah. anywhere within a 1,200 mile radius at yeah. that point. <laughs> Let us know. We're coming to visit. I yeah. yeah. And do you have a couch? <laughs> yeah. We'll bring stickers. Flannel <laughs> <laughs> cast stickers. Yes. And uh, yeah. And some smiles. Yeah, and we'll, we'll teach you how to podcast. And greetings from the <laughs> formatting formula. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, that's inter It's interesting. That's where they're detecting. It's got to be something with the the waves resonating. So that's what I think. I think that's the most obvious answer because the other explanation was from volcanics. Yeah, and that and, that was weird for the volcanics to be that. Yeah, it didn't. The, the website the website didn't say what was causing, what, what could have caused it in terms of the volcanics. So that's where I was kind of like, hmm. And I, I don't know. Like Unless, I, I, we're talking about re resonating energy, and if I guess if you have a large enough mass of hot rock, would that resonate? But even that just it seems a little far-fetched yeah because i mean the, the rock itself it's it's squishy and hot is it the movement of the magma that's just 
shaking, shaking the country rock. But yeah. to have something every like you know twenty six yeah. seconds. That's and for the last what, it was like sixty years or something though. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> yeah. So they they picked it up in the nineteen sixties. Yeah. Yeah. They started putting the seismometers on the sea floor. Then that's nineteen fifty eight. Lamont already. Yeah. Sort of. Um. M- Maddie also just sent this link with that comic. It's called the World Hum Map, and I guess. People I'm looking at it right now. Where they found hums, and boy, is this fascinating! <laughs> I am really. I want to travel to these places. Like, I don't need to go to like Delaware, but I want to go down to like. Hey, hey, hey! Nothing wrong with Delaware. No, I I like Delaware a lot, but I've been there enough. Like, I want to go down to Panama here and and talk to this 37 year old who heard the hum, who first heard the hum in 1996. How are, uh, get, how are you getting this? I, I'm not seeing this part. On, if you site. click on the dots, it gives you the, the, what they filled out. Oh, and it, it gives them anxiety. Oh, wow. Oh, there's one in Swedesboro. It's not far from me. Huh. What is your age? 51. Low frequency hum. Wow. How much, well, how much effort have you put into it? Some effort. <laughs> you know, I, I'm looking at this map. Yeah, okay. I see, I see now of where people are hearing the hum sound from. It just looks like the distribution of where a lot of people live in the United States. I, yeah. I mean, and I'm not seeing that many dots around Taos either. It's mostly everywhere else but Taos. Yeah, maybe they're. There's one. Okay, I see one dot in Taos. Oh. They keep it a secret. Yeah, it's a government facility. I told you, Sasquatch told me. Okay. (laughs) There's a lot of Hawaii, which. Hawaii, I would ascribe to. I can, I would buy Hawaii, you know, like. Yeah, this is all over the place. Yeah, there's very little around the Gulf of Guinea. Huh. There's one in the ocean. <laughs> huh. There's the UK seems to be vibrating a lot. But again, you know, it takes people to hear it in order to report it. That's the tree falls in the forest. This is yeah. it. If the, if the earth I mean, is coming. Yeah, there is a lot in, in Western Europe. My next question is, Maddie, how did you find this? Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> yes, that's the, the real. Uh, we found our new flannel caster uh, fact checker. Well, maybe not fact checker. I'm not sure. What uh, we're that, and, and but. The other interesting <laughs> thing is, uh, yes. in Researcher. In China, there's only one place that has the hum, and that's Hong Kong. Uh, nope, they just took that dot off. It was yep. the government. <laughs> no one heard the hum. You heard uh, nothing? I don't, I don't know why it's Schultz, Schultz- I, from, on, uh, I clicked on one from um, Finland, and their their occupation is where it says, like, do you work in loud environments? And it's, I'm a singer in a rock band. That might be tinnitus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Elder millennial skills is what matters. What? Is. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, we can click on this map all, all night, gentlemen. Yeah, we should uh, do an episode just on this map here. This is <laughs> this exciting podcasting, talking about what we're seeing. Yeah, yeah. that nobody else can see. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, so, so we ahead, don't. Chris. We don't. I guess. I guess to wrap this question up, uh, 
number one, thank you to Sarah for, for sending this question um, and uh, ruining my life for the next three weeks as I research this topic. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. um, And just like most of our listener questions, the answer is we don't know. <laughs> oh no, it's the ocean. Okay. I, th- I, 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 I would, I would lean towards you. Yeah, I think the ocean's your, uh, your most obvious answer. I, Unless if you if you're a a volcanologist and you have an explanation for this, uh, yeah, shoot us an email on exactly. geologyflannelcast.com. Just go click on contact us. Let us know. Does, Hit us up. Let us know your two cents. I wonder if Loch Ness has a hum to it. Uh, I mean, I want to combine my conspiracy theories. Yeah, exactly. I want to bring Nessie into this. I, and Roswell. I, are you gonna you bring Roswell into this? Whew. Yeah, if we maybe. could, it'd be full circle. Yeah. I mean, uh, New Mexico. Stonehenge. Taos, New Mexico. How far is Egypt? Taos from yeah. Roswell? Oh, yeah, Taos and Roswell. Okay, so, yeah. Yeah. There? Uh, I've, I don't know. I'm not, again, we're not geog- geography people. <laughs> Geographiers? Geographiers? Oh, no, they're pretty far away. <laughs> Geographiers. What part of New Mexico is Roswell in? Oh, um, there is there is a hum saga in Loch Ness. Uh, the Roswell's in the southeast. Oh. Wait, 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 they're hearing hums and and yeah, Ness hum Ness? saga is a global issue. Uh, they're from the Highland News in two thousand eight. Two hundred and fifty miles apart, Roswell and Tau, Taos. Hmm. Huh. Anywho, um, that's within the error bar. <laughs> yeah, the grand scheme of the Earth. Yeah. Or is the Taos hum coming from Roswell? Don't just don't start with this. <laughs> then how close is that to uh, Area Fifty One and Groom Lake? I was just I I wasn't going to go there. I was no, thinking I know that you were thinking in my of... head, but I wasn't going there. <laughs> it's up in Nevada. Oh man! Uh, well, uh, so Sarah, I, I think is a consensus. We think it's from the ocean waves. Yes, most most likely explanation. Yeah, uh, I, the motion I mean, of the ocean. If you it's, talk to this razor, simplest explanation. It, it's really interesting. And I would love to see, you know, not only mapping up like the, the different shapes of the coastline, like the continental shelves there, but also like the underlying geog- geology, how it's going to vibrate different rocks. We've got a lot of questions. But also, there's probably other factors too, like uh, the, the nomogram, Chris, you know what I'm talking about? It's, a, it's this really awesome diagram that basically it, it tells you a lot of things, but it's like uh, wave height versus wind duration versus fetch, like all in one, all in one diagram. So I think, you know, how long the wind is blowing over the water for how far, how far um, it's going to play a factor too. So all these things need to be taken into account. I think that's why there hasn't been a simple answer in 60 years because just a lot of variables. Yeah. When you're dealing with waves, there are, there are a lot of variables involved. Um, but I don't have an answer for this 26 second pulse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a quick answer at least. Um, yeah. So really come full circle. Yeah. Um, Wait, there is- Sarah, Sarah's got two questions on here. Oh, I was looking at the wrong one. I'm sorry. I was looking at um. Oh, 
Oh yeah, oh she does it. Okay, oh, I, was, I see, I see. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, about um, Chicksaloo. Hey. <laughs> yeah. All right, so well, I guess uh, we could hit up uh, Sarah's next question. Um, all right, so let's see. So her next, it yeah, it's about um, <clears throat> Chicksaloo, the Chicksaloo impact. So there, we just drilled into Chicksaloo. Uh, recently, the the international drilling program. And um, it's not the first time. It won't be the last time. It probably won't be the last, yeah. But um, she said everyone was like, dinosaurs died because of an asteroid, case closed. She started hearing grumbling from some people who are still on about volcanism causing the extinction. Do we have conclusive dating from the Deccan Trap timeline? I can actually answer that. Um, could the asteroid cause the volcanism? I never get a satisfactory answer from the articles I read. So um, one of the big proponents of the volcanism story, so you get a lot of volcanism that occurs at the same time as the, the extinction event. And, and so it's in India, it's the, the, these big flood basalts called the Deccan Traps, and they're massive. Yeah. It's a thousand foot thick basalt layers. Um, so it's 200,000 cubic miles. Yeah. Whatever that, that's just, that's ridiculousness. <laughs> yeah. So one of the, the big proponents of this, uh, in, I'm sorry, real fast. It's uh 6,600 feet thick. Shoo. So it's, it's successive flows. It's not all at once. And the expert, the, like the world expert on it is a Princeton geologist named Gerda Keller, and she has has done like incredible work. And one of the things she's done is is really nail down the dates of the of the basalt flows. Um, <clears throat> and basically what they find is that the flows go across the boundary. They start a little bit before the impact event and they go over the impact event and they're occurring after the impact event. And so, because it's, it's not just a, a single outpouring of lava, it's, you know, it's, it's multiple flows over the course of like a million and a half years. So I have a question then for Sarah. She asked, did, could the impact cause the Deccan traps to start flowing? My question is, did the Deccan traps flowing change the gravitational pull of the Earth and cause the asteroid to hit us? Hit the keyhole. Telling you. Uh, <clears throat> Throw off our wobble a half of a percent, and there we go. Yeah. So when an asteroid's really close to our orbit, it, yeah, it's like a half degree of like that it has to be within the trajectory of the Earth. It's called the keyhole whether or not our gravity will pull it into us or it'll just skip by. Um, <clears throat> kind of like, you mean like, a, like when you have like a, a flat stone, you kind of skim it on the water? Yeah. Yeah, it's gotta be just just right. So that I That was one of the fears with uh, Apollo 13 when they were, when they were, uh, great movie with Tom Hanks, by the way. Yeah. Uh, when they were coming in, they had to get the trajectory right because they were coming in too hot. And yeah, there was a fear they were going to skim right off, just like a flat stone, like I said, on a pond, skim right off the, the atmosphere of the Earth. They thought they would be have. They thought they would have had more weight 
is they were supposed to have moon rocks. Yeah. For their initial calculations. Oh, okay, okay. Light. Or they were lighter than the initial. Um, <clears throat> so I would say no, the asteroid didn't cause the volcanism because it was going on before this occurred. Uh, <clears throat> could, um, yeah, so there, there's dating that shows it's going on across. And the dating story is really interesting and it's like incredible work. And it, it's sort of, in my mind, this is opinion. Can I throw opinion into it? Sorry, I'll just turn it into Jesse's corner real fast. It, it Go gets, ahead. It gets <laughs> the story, like the work gets diluted a little bit because they're always trying to draw the connection that it's the volcanism that is the driver of the extinction event. And I think just like the, the science of what they've done, just piecing the story of the volcanism together stands on its own as, as really incredible work. And they've sort of revolutionized some, some, some ways in which you can date these flood basalts. And so <clears throat> I think it's really fascinating and, and really interesting stuff. But the asteroid really killed everything. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. A... I mean, it, it, would the dinosaurs have died off it's it's a question mark, but I think wasn't there a talk that you know they were the dinosaurs were kind of on their way out. That's yeah. It was kind of like the, the asteroid was a needle, uh, or was it the, the straw that broke the camel's back? Yeah, there's there's that's the it's one. Yeah, of the, but I think it's more like the boulder that the boulder. broke the camel's back that burnt everybody alive as it collided into Earth. <laughs> but yeah, that's a, like yes the. Dinosaurs were evolving, things were changing, environments were changing. Um, but then you smash a gigantic asteroid. Yeah, and I said it, asteroid, uh, into the planet. I'm not I'm not letting you bait me, all right? <laughs> hey, this one would be considered an asteroid. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it, listen, I'm I'm team meteorite, but uh the asteroid hits the planet. It, it that's it. There's there's no if, ands, or buts about it. Like that's that's what did it yeah yeah I, so there you I, go sarah I, that's that's the answer stop I think reading, the, stop reading articles right now <laughs> bad for you i'm just kidding but i think yeah the, the, it seems like the general consensus is that it was uh, the asteroid and every, and every once in a while you'll hear a story pop up well hey maybe it was like the one-two punch or something like that and like yeah you know, I think, but I think just the, the general consensus is that it was it was the asteroid. But yeah, that's the thing. again to switch analogies. It's like the the one two punch. It, if you were boxing someone, and then all of a sudden someone came in with a bazooka, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, anyways, I think that hopefully that that answers that question. You could sleep at night again. You've probably have a lot of sleepless nights just thinking about that. I'm sure, man. She... I, I <clears throat> yeah, I do like so, how she wants to what, do her countertops in uh, shocked quartz or something here. Yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she, she wants to finance uh, for, yeah, for her uh, new kitchen. Yeah. Good luck. That would be awesome. Yeah. Um, Are we skipping this next one? Uh, name your worst nightmare. 
uh, yeah, we, from. We, Don't worry about it. <laughs> we could skip that one. That's some troll that may or may not have been on the podcast uh, many yeah. months ago. <laughs> I want to talk about my two favorite topics. Number one, Bill Lukens. Number two, Soils <laughs> of East Africa. So, uh, sorry, Bill. We're going to have to uh, pause on that one and uh, do a little more research and you know, Hopefully Bill, we'll if, get back to you. If only you were just more polite about your question, and <laughs> you know, I, I would have, I would have answered it. But you know, if you're going to be that rude, start your own podcast. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, which one you guys want to take next? I don't know. Frank's got a good, good, good question, but I don't, I don't know the answer. Yeah, I don't, Frank. I'm gonna. So, I think Frank's listening right now too. Yeah, so yeah, so uh, I want to look into that. I'll get back to you. Yeah, so I'll save that one because Frank's a, like, a great uh, friend of the podcast and Patreon. So we don't want to. We can. We don't want to wing it. Huh? I'll I'll say the question, but I don't. I'm not going to attempt. It's uh, unless you want to read it, Chris. I, I will. No, go ahead. Can you uh, explain the Kula plate idea in the Baja de BC hypothesis? Why does the Pacific plate strip off pieces of the North American plate? And will it continue to do this? Unknown. I mean, you know, we could probably tie in when we talked about um, that new plate that was just found. Zealandia? No, up um, north of Juan de Fuca there. Oh, the. It's subducted under, it's sort of like the Farallon. Yeah. The Kula? Wait. Is that was that the cool? I thought that was the cooler plate. Yeah. Oh man, see, my I made the fantastic it's, it's, joke it's, it's, about that it's hotter in the plate. question. Yeah, it's in the question too. Is what's the other plate behind the cooler plate? Um, ah, no, the, the mm, see, this is why I don't want to. Uh, <laughs> Uh, man, if you guys aren't watching on YouTube, check us out on YouTube for, to watch the emotion that just ran through Jesse's face. It was like excitement and then questioning and then disappointment and then happy and then <laughs> all within two seconds. So check us out on YouTube for that one. Yeah. Oh, man. Um. No, yeah. the resurrection plate. That's yeah. Oh, the resurrection. Oh, resurrection. Oh, plate. oh okay, okay, okay. Ah, come on. Because we we have another question about the resurrection plate. Yeah. Wow. Um, Which we've let's just say we've covered it. We've done that. Done it already. Yeah. Um. um so, no, but that. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll have to get back to that. Listen. Yeah. Question. And and Frank brought up about. The cooler plate when we were talking about resurrection. That's why it's sticking out to me. Ah, gotcha. is it, I, I don't. I want to look into the Baja de BC hub. I don't know much about that. What part of the North American plate is getting stripped off? Like, is it just is it just from the friction of the two plates grinding up against each other? Because wouldn't that make sense if it just took off little chunks, like I mean, little by little? In, if you're in the transform part of it, I suppose. But in the Pacific Northwest, I don't think you would in the subduction zone part of it because you're not going to subduct pieces of North America. You're not going to subduct it, but wouldn't it, is it is couldn't it, it just chunk it, chunk it up? No. Because oh, how far down would it, well, then the other question is how far down would it go? I don't know. I, I, I mean, like, because, because theoretically, like, so say you have a pool float, right? Um, 
you know, yeah. you can push the pool float down to the bottom of the pool, but when you let go, it, it pops, pops right. right back up. But if we, could, it, could you get a situation where the force could just be so strong that it is taking that pool float down? And I don't know if it's that. I think it, I think it gets ground up and becomes part of the melange, part yeah. of the visionary mm. prism. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Creationary prism, fancy guy. Milan, so Milan, it'll always yeah. be a wedge to me. <laughs> uh, so again, yeah. Get, yeah, like like I tell my students, I'll have to get back to you. On that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's go to this. Uh, let's go down to uh, to Mark's question. So, hey, Mark, is Mark still listening? Let's see. Yeah, right, there he is. He's still on here. Uh, Mark sent us a question a little while ago, and uh, there you go. He's very, he's very excited we're answering his question. <laughs> <laughs> good friend of the podcast. Good, good, good friend of the podcast. Uh, very, uh, very generous Patreon friend of the podcast. Uh, supporter. Okay, so because my question pertains to the somewhat recent discovery of water molecules locked in the Earth's crust. How would one go about extracting the water from these rocks? far as i know the water exists as bond uh as bond molecules bound liquid oh bound sorry <laughs> uh so if we could bring that rock to the surface would it be a process of smashing it melting it to release water vapor would the journey to a low pressure zone cause it to escape could we even reach or bring that material to the surface sorry that was a long walk <laughs> So I, I guess I could dabble to try to answer this question, right? Yeah, give it a shot. Um, you can have hydrated minerals at the surface. So you can have water molecules bound up in, in the molecular structure of a rock, mineral, what have you. So in order to liberate it, usually you have to add some sort of energy to the system. Mm -hmm. Now, um, usually when it's locked up in the crystal lattice you can't just smash it you usually have to heat it some sort um, to essentially start that chemical reaction to break it down does that make sense yeah, yeah. you asking like, me uh, well i'm just you know just who like you, uh who are you asking uh you know you can like desiccate clays you can you can put a a, a clay in an oven and dry it out enough where it actually changes structure from, and, from uh, and I've done it could also just be as simple as taking a piece of gypsum so gypsum is a pretty pretty common mineral uh, it's chemical formula is uh, CaSO4 2H2O so it has that that water attached to it and all you got to do is just get a lighter um, and just kind of burn burn the gypsum you'll turn into anhydrite right then and there yeah, yeah. I mean even like rocks like zeolite you can actually yeah that's right there's water in a lot of those yeah but but um, now the process of actually bringing it up from great depths i don't know if that is enough of an energy change in itself to do it i guess not yeah so based on jesse shaking his head no <laughs> yeah so basically i mean these the where they found these if, if it's what i think he's talking about is like is, ringwoodite Ringwoodite. That's what. I, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Waddle, waddle slight, waddle slight, wadsleyite. Come on, come on with these names. Um, 
and there you find them in if if you're familiar with like if you've done your like um looking at seismic zones like your physical geology class think think about where you see seismic zones where they show the classic as you go deeper into the earth the the seismic waves go faster and then they slow down and go faster and so on and so forth between um 410 and 660 you have what's called the transition zone where you see like two little slowdown points 410 and 660 kilometers yeah kilometers okay yeah and that's basically where you find these um these minerals <clears throat> but the but the water it's it's not even you know like it's not liquid it's not ice it's not it's it's water that's in a different structure it's like you know like when we talked earlier about in a previous episode about like ice 17 or whatever where you can yeah. have you know different structures it's technically h2o but it's it, I, it wouldn't be it's a, i guess would that be considered a polymorph that's yeah i don't know now uh, uh, i don't i don't know that's polymorph is minerals which are sort of phase depending you got to be solids so it's yeah. it, it's basically just you have the the h2o structure within the mineral itself um <clears throat> but it, it has this ability the the mineral to just take on these H2O molecules. And that's why you probably saw headlines that said like ocean in the mantle or, or an yeah. ocean's worth of water. Yeah. There's not like free flowing water in the yeah. earth's mantle. But it's, it's a really interesting, locked up in minerals. It's an interesting question. What would happen? Because at that depth you're at, I don't know, a thousand degrees Celsius or 1500 degrees Celsius. What would happen if you brought it up? I'm wondering if, <clears throat> If I mean the mineral itself would decompress, it would expand because it's under compression when it forms. I'm wondering if the H2O in it would lower the melting point and it would actually start to melt. Be interesting to mm, yeah compression melt. Oh, yeah that that um, ah phase diagram of what. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that, that's a, that's a, it's a really interesting sort of thought problem where I don't have the petrology or mineralogy know how to. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's more of what I was saying that, that, yeah, I was saying more of if you decompress the mineral, would that kind of would you start getting like a partial melt yeah and that par the yeah. partial melt that would melt first would be the water i don't know yeah that's I've, that's really interesting yeah i I'm, I'm almost positive it wouldn't like turn into liquid or anything like it wouldn't you couldn't squeeze the water out of it so i should stop hoarding my ringwoodite yeah <laughs> I, I keep trying to turn it like it's a towel <laughs> I, I, I don't think Poland Springs is going to buy that from you, right? <laughs> we just need to stick a well down. It's my, it's the way I try and get them to fund a really deep core. <laughs> yeah. So, by the way, completely off topic, but all of our Philadelphia accents were screaming for that last topic. <laughs> all the water, yeah. <laughs> the water locked up in the minerals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um oh. all right so um hopefully i think that answers uh 
Mark's question, and which is a perfect segue to the to the last question. You want to? We cover this last one real fast. Yeah, a a Rons. Yes, or Aaron, as other people oh. pronounce it. Uh, Aaron from Los Angeles. Hey, uh, let's see. Hello, new listener to the podcast. I love listening to you, fellows. I have been studying geology at McCreeny College and wanted to see if you guys be willing to cover partial melting, maybe tying it in with uh, tying it in with the talk about igneous rocks and how different conditions can create different types of rocks. Thank you, you guys rock. Oh, thank you, Aaron. This ties in nicely. Yeah, yeah. so look at that. Perfect, perfect segue. Thank you, Aaron, for d helping us out with this perfect segue to this last question. Um, yeah. Partial melting. So what does that mean? So it means it's exactly as, uh, as it sounds. The rock only partially melts, right? And so there's actually rocks out there that are um, a product of this partial melting. They're called migmatites, right? You see them a lot in um, like gneisses, right? So gneiss is a, is a metamorphic rock. And um, by the time you get to, uh, when you're making gneiss, or when gneiss is forming, I guess people don't actually make gneiss. But when gneiss is forming, it's at these really high temperature and, and, uh, and pressure conditions. And so what can happen is, um, you know, it's kind of like on, on it's at, nice is kind of like end of the line for metamorphism for, for rocks. So sometimes the, the, the pressure and temperature conditions are so high that part of the rock starts to melt. And so when you look at these, these, uh, these rocks called migmatites, you can actually see these little pockets of granite inside the nice or like all like mixed in, I guess you'd say with the nice. And what that is, is uh, like that's, that's partial melting. So only like part of the rock melted. Uh, you see this a lot. I saw this a lot actually uh, in uh, Rocky Mountain National Park. I was hiking out there and uh, see these really, really nice migmatites. Uh, you know, the rock, there's a lot of nice out there and these little kind of like blobs of granite kind of mixed in with the rock there. So that's kind of your, you know, uh, I guess real fast run through of partial melting. Yeah, and if you want to go slightly deeper, you can go way back in the archives. Episode 18, we talk about Bowen's reaction series. So if you're taking a geology class, uh, like an intro-ish level geology class, um, that that would be a pretty good episode to listen to. Uh, right. was, we did that episode. Yeah. yeah, way back in the early days. So the sound quality is not as perfect as it is now because it's just <laughs> perfect. But uh <laughs> But yeah, check, check out yes. some of our back episodes. Um, episode 18 specifically, we talk about Bowen's reaction series and, and this guy Bowen, basically he, he reproduced some of this stuff in the lab and figured out like how when you heat rocks up and what they turn into based on what they started from and yada, yada, yada. So different check minerals crystallize yep. at different temperatures. Yeah, you get, um, you can see like fractionation <clears throat> in um, magmas, especially if they cool subsurface into plutons. But I, I know um, when I was doing my PhD, the, there was a grad student there who was looking at, she, she was doing the chemistry of these plutons and she could see when she actually found that like, as this one pluton was cooling, it was injected by a second magma body that had come 
and, and basically found its way into this magma body. And so she could see this, you know, there was this partial, partial cooling and, and solidification. And then the second magma body, for whatever reason, intersected into the main magma body and, and started cooling then. And so you can see like these two distinct chemistries within the Jeez. magma. Jeez. Wow. It's kind of, kind of crazy. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. You can do with the, the technology these days. Yeah. Right. That's insane. So was this all, did she see this, um, was she able to see this in, in outcrop or is this all like just kind of geochemical evidence she was looking yeah, at? Yeah, geochem- just okay. geochemical stuff. Oh, okay, okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, and so we, we're not going to get to all these listener questions, but um, we will. Do not give up hope. Yeah. If you've submitted a question, uh, we will get to you eventually. Um, or stop asking so hard questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, what do you guys want to do? Do you want to you want to wrap it up? Yeah, we could. I think so. Yeah, because um, yeah, some of these other questions are like episode ish, full episode ish questions. So yeah, yeah. So uh, we talked about that other thing. Do you guys want to do that today or you want to wait for next week? I say we wait till next week. All right. All right. Keep I, I just, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's Jesse's thing. I'm, I was trying to save him. It's, it's up yeah. to him. Let's, let's save me. All right. Well, a little spoiler. <laughs> save him. We'll, we'll tease it right now. Tune in next week. We got a new segment of the show. All right. Yeah. Uh, it's basically let's see how much we can watch Jesse squirm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm squirming from these questions. <laughs> yeah. And so, if, if right, we're right. sticking with the same schedule by this time next week, I'll be, you know, in uh, relaxed mode because we should have off the next day. Oh, okay. Okay. Based on the holiday. Oh, yeah. It'll be the day before Thanksgiving. Yeah. 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 So, all put right. It, yeah. Put it nicely. Relax mode. All right, so we'll do that. Probably, we'll probably do that for like half an episode or so then next week. Get ready, Thornburg. <laughs> half an episode? I say we just do a marathon and make him do it for like six hours. <laughs> and that way we can just skip recording in December. Uh, it'll be like his um, like PhD candidacy exam or something like that. Oh, you know? just, there you go. <laughs> make it Real him for hours. You'll just see me crying at the Thanksgiving dinner table. <laughs> How bad was that? The the PhD test candidacy exam. Just long. It was. It's just long. Yeah. Easy. Come on. Yeah. Man. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Mister <laughs> Non PhD over here. <laughs> Sorry. That's uh, uh, very very long and very. You'd be surprised. Very detailed oriented. A lot of. <laughs> very detailed I mean, we, oriented. We had comprehensive exams for our master's thesis. Yeah, I thought that was uh, pretty in-depth, pretty no joke. But then again, I never went on to my PhD, so. Yeah, you're not missing much. <laughs> <laughs> I still uh, have my tw- twinkle in my eye. I'm not dead inside, so. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you got that, so. just. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'd like to thank our Sponsor the formatting formula again. Uh, thank you so very much. 
formattingformula.com and YouTube forward slash C forward slash formatting formula. Um, all of our Patreons who are listening now, all of our listeners who submitted listener questions, whether we got to you or not, um, I, I'm going to, you know, like Val and uh, uh, Elias and a few others. Sorry, we didn't get to your questions, but we will. Um, so keep, keep sending them in. I'm sure there's a, there's a bunch of others, but so I apologize. But please, please, please keep, keep sending them in. Check us out on Twitter. Check us out on Facebook. Uh, Instagram is getting going. Sort of. So <laughs> all, all the kids now they're on the Instagram. Nobody's, nobody's watching us on Facebook anymore. Um, what else? YouTube geology, final cast, YouTube, check us out, uh, there. And, uh, Oh, Patreon. If you, so if you, if you like to help the podcast out, um, we do have a Patreon account. You can, uh, subscribe. Uh, there is several different monthly tiers. You can do it for as little as two dollars a month. Get some uh, get some stickers out of the deal. Um, if you you know, there's different tiers, and and um, so you could hang out with uh, all of our Patreon friends before before the podcast starts. So y'all, we have some fun, goof around, crack some jokes uh, before and after the podcast. Well, before the podcast starts and after it ends, and then you get to watch the the podcast get recorded live and chime in through the chat and stuff like that. And it's really cool. It's a lot of fun. Um, have yeah. a lot of fun hanging out with the, our Patreon friends. Um, and who doesn't uh, want to see how the sausage is made? There you Am go. All right. You can see the <laughs> flannel cast behind the scenes and just how, how, how truly chaotic it really is. <laughs> <laughs> just, it actually takes eight hours to record with all of our outtakes. <laughs> it's a real commitment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so anyway, so if you'd like to help out the, uh, the, the podcast and you have a couple bucks to spare, um, uh, you know, there, there, we have, a, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash geology flannelcast. And thank you to all the people that have, uh, helped sponsor the, the podcast, helping us grow and, uh, helping us with some, uh, equipment updates and just kind of paying the monthly bills to, to keep this podcast moving. So thank you if you already have, and thank you, uh, to those, the future people that might want to help out as well yeah or, you can give a give a holiday gift you know here i've yeah. made a subscription in your name to that's a Patreon. great idea actually right you know what what would mom or dad like more in their stocking than a little card that says i've contributed to a patreon in your name so think about I, it yeah if, if you do that let us know i will send a, a card personally yeah with a <laughs> sticker <laughs> Um, so let's see. I think that's uh, also geologyflannelcast.com. So all the, the news stories that we talk about, any of the, the websites we talk about on the episode, you can check out that stuff there. On uh, We post all those links uh, on geologyflannelcast.com. Uh, and then if you'd like to submit a listener question for a future episode, you can also do that at geologyflannelcast.com. Click on listener questions. And uh, we'll get to your question for a future episode coming up some point in the future, I guess. Or just uh, hit, click contact us. It shoots us an email. Uh, let us say hi. Let us know where you're listening from. We love hearing all the, all the stories from uh, you know, all of our friends out there that enjoy the yeah. podcast. Where, where are we trending? Albania? Romania? 
Romania, where, apparently. Romania, Romania, man, we're killing right it. Yes. <laughs> Do it. Who would have thought? Thank you, Romania. Yeah. I was I was just looking up. Uh, we were also in uh, where oh Slovakia. So let me say to all our Slovak listeners, that's hello. Uh, translated from Slovak into English. Nice. Uh, or Romanian. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> All the things you learn here in the geology flannel cast. I mean, oh, wait, just no, 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 sorry. I, I have oh, a, boy. We get to uh, let, me, let me say um, Buna. Oh. Ooh, Buna. Yeah. I like it. All right. Um, so. Am I leaving anything else, gentlemen? Probably, but what are you going to do? Ah, we'll get it to next week. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the episode. Uh, we love you guys, and we will see you guys next week with a brand new Geology Flannelcast. Thanks a lot, and goodbye.